At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good morning, Roxy Soxy. Good day, mate. How is it? <laughs> I feel like you've been waiting this entire time just to say yes. good day, mate. Do your best Australian accent, please. Give it to me. Go throw a shrimp on the barbie, Roxy. Go throw a shrimp on the barbie, Tam Tam. It's kind of a little English cross between South African, but I'll take it. I'll Thank take you. it. Thank you. With a little Texas thrown in, probably. Little Texas. <laughs> well, life is kind of um, all over the place right now. I Gosh. think uh, for you guys, the COVID cases are um, soaring. And in this in Australia, there's so many lockdowns going on. So I don't know. I feel like we're back. We're kind of back to the beginning of 2020. Oh, which so. totally scares me. I'm like, oh, if we go through the, all that, that we had to go through, you know, for the past right. year and a half, and then to start all over from square one is such a bummer. You know, people need to get vaccinated. Right. And I also think that the mental health of people are really suffering. And, um, you know, our next guest, which you'll introduce in the next minute or so, um, he deals a lot with sleep and people having sleep issues and sleep mm -hmm. deprivation. And I didn't really, I've been a great sleeper, to be honest with you. I've slept through the night, eight hours, like don't screw with me. I need my sound machine, my earplugs, my eye thing. And then I'm great, you know? Yes. And then I shot this movie recently in Australia. And I think I was telling you this, I actually was, I was going on two to three hours sleep a day just because I was having something called sleep anxiety, which is the like obsession with thinking that you're not going to wake up in time mm -hmm. or you're going to, for me, it was like that I was going to let people down on set if I didn't sleep. So it started to become like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I started to get into this perpetual cycle of like, am I going to sleep? And then, you know, just obsessing that I'm not going to sleep and then ending up not sleeping. And I hadn't actually experienced anything like that my entire life. I'm in my mid thirties and, um, you know, it's now something that I struggle with. And I know that so many people also struggle with these issues, including you, you said that you have yes. sleep issues in the past. So I was like, we need to get someone on who can help us with our sleep problems and try to figure out what's going on and the reasons behind it. Well, it was just so, you know, first of all, welcome to the club that you don't want to be in <laughs> the insomnia club or like mm -hmm. the sleep issues club, because it's not a comfortable place. You know, I've been having sleep issues for a few years now, starting after I gave birth to my daughter, uh, my sleep just started getting started to get progressively, progressively worse. And so here we are. So it's for me too. I'm trying to find solutions to get better sleep right. and to help and, and to do all of these things. And then one day I was watching live with Kelly and Michael and mm -hmm. I saw our next guest on Dr. Michael Brias. And I was like, oh my gosh, not only does is he the sleep doctor and the sleep expert, foremost sleep expert, but he just knows so much about how we can have better sleep hygiene and the tips mm -hmm. to getting a better sleep and what causes all of these problems and issues, right. things that we might not even know. So I am so glad that we are bringing Dr. Brees on today. You, Like I said, you might have seen him on Killian Michael. He's been on Oprah. He's been on a host of other 
wonderful and amazing pro uh, programs, including Dr. Oz. He's written several books about the issue, and he has a new book coming out today, which we can definitely chat about as well. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Michael Prias. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming on. We are so excited to have you today. Like Tamman and I were saying, we both have dealt with some crazy, crazy sleep issues. So yeah. um, first of all, just so people out there know, I mean, I think, you know, Tamman and I have shared our experiences on this podcast, mm -hmm. but I think that sleep issues are so much more far reaching than right. people even understand. I mean, how many people are affected by sleep issues? So if you broke it down, um, mm -hmm. it would be almost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <So, clears throat> we know that roughly 18% of the male population has undiagnosed sleep apnea. So that's one in five guys. So that's a big number. We know that restless legs is in between 15 and 30% of seniors. Um, we know that narcolepsy is about a half of a percent. And then we know that roughly 10% of the population has chronic insomnia with 30% having occasional insomnia. So mm -hmm. if you stack all those numbers together, you're at like 75%. Wow. It just seems so unhealthy that again, 75% of people are dealing with sleep issues. Like why does this happen? I know it's not just one factor, but you know, as kids, oh. my, my kids, I mean, my kid didn't sleep last night. I, she slept one hour last night. Cause I have no idea why. And maybe we can talk about that, but normally kids sleep, they go to bed, they fall asleep and they wake up you know, however many hours later. So why, when we start to get into adulthood, are we struggling so much? Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with adulthood. It has to do with discipline. So huh. at the end of the day, as we get older, our schedules aren't nearly as fixed as they were when we were younger. When we were younger, your mom woke you up, you went to school, you did your homework, you ate your dinner, you went to bed, right? Mm -hmm. Very regimented, very scheduled affair. As soon as you become an adult, you can create your own schedule. And that's ar arguably the biggest problem is that people are not disciplined when it comes to sleep. The second big issue is what you already mentioned, anxiety. Now, I've never heard of sleep anxiety. I made, maybe I made up the term. <laughs> I think you did. But, <laughs> but what, what I Thank can you. tell you, but I think it's descriptive and I think that's helpful, right? I think, um, I think you worked yourself up to the point where you weren't going to sleep. So that brings up a really important aspect that I think people should understand, which is your brain is more powerful than any pharmaceutical out there, right? <sighs> so at the end of the day, I can give you an Ambien or a Stillnox, or I can give you whatever pill you want. But as an example, if I turned to you and said, hey, I think you have COVID or hey, I think you have cancer, you ain't gonna sleep that night, right? <laughs> That's just how that part works. And so when you were on set, starting to worry about, oh, what's gonna happen, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. All you did was created your own, like you said, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Mm -hmm. And so here the two main concepts that people really have to kind of lock into their head is number one, sleep is a discipline procedure, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's natural. We all do it. It's just like breathing. We just have to have some set times and a couple of different environmental cues. And I think we can do it successfully. And then the second part is acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, there are some days mm -hmm. you're just not going to sleep. Sorry, that's just how it works. Sometimes your body has got something else that's going on. Sometimes your brain has got something else that's going on. What I do, and believe me, I have nights where I don't sleep, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm the sleep doctor, right? I mean, I'm a normal human, just like everybody else <laughs> um, is what I do is I tell myself, okay, I, I guess for whatever reason right now, my body's not interested in sleeping, even though I'm going to bed at the time I usually go to bed at doing all the things that I usually do. So I'll lay there and meditate. 
I'll lay there and distract myself. Um, mm-hmm. I'll lay there and relax because there is some form of rejuvenation, number one, that's mm-hmm. going on with you lying there just relaxing. So that's an important factor for all of your listeners to know, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is when you relax, half the time, the natural sleep process takes over and you fall back asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the biggest thing that I tell people, and I want everybody to understand it. Sleep is a lot like love. The less you look for it, the more it shows up. <laughs> I'll tell that to my husband. <laughs> right. so stop being so obsessive. Right? So think about it. When you're out there looking for that person to be with forever, you never find them. The second you stop looking so hard, that person will probably wander into your life. The same holds true with sleep. You just have to chill out and realize that everybody can sleep. I've not met one human yet that doesn't have the ability to sleep. Now there is a very interesting disorder called fatal familial insomnia. These are people who get a tumor in their brain, they get insomnia and then they die. All right. Now to be clear, it only happens in one family in Italy. Okay. So unless you're from a very particular place in Italy, the (laughs) likelihood is you ain't going to die if you ain't sleeping. That's number one. You feel one. like you're going to yes. die when you don't uh, sleep. You feel like, so, so I, before I was meant to be on set, I would think, oh my God, like I would wake my husband up. I know I'm a shitty wife. I would be like, you know what? I just don't think I can do this. I don't think I can have one and a half hours sleep a day and be able to remember my lines. I'm going to die. This is what I so what thinking. I didn't die. Right. And what did you do? <laughs> I wasn't comfortable. Well? It's a horrible feeling, feeling like yeah, you're sleeping you in and out of well? sleep. I'm not too sure. We'll see when the movie comes out. So my um, guess is, is you didn't yeah. flub up your lines. You did exactly what you were supposed to do and your anxiety was getting in your way. So right. what we do with people just like you when it comes yeah. to sleep. For, so for example, if this was an ongoing thing, not just, hey, I was doing a movie thing because I work mm-hmm. with actors and athletes all the time. We see a lot of performance anxiety prior, like yeah. on set or at the Olympics or before a game, those mm-hmm. types of things. But let's say this is something that's happening on a fairly regular basis, not, mm-hmm. not something that's super stressful. Mm-hmm. That's when I would recommend something like cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia right. because it addresses Ooh. those misconceptions that you have. You, you Honestly, you just said them all. I'm going to die. I'm never going to remember my lines. Everything's They're going to fire me right? halfway yes. into the movie. Right. And none of that shit happened, right? Yeah. Right, right. None have to do is we have to stop that catastrophizing is the word we know. use for it, right we, we tell ourselves these stories and then we tell ourselves that they're true and mm-hmm. newsflash guys they're not true okay you can sleep i have honestly i've met very few people who not do not have the ability to sleep now there are some people out there who have a medical condition let's say fibromyalgia or pain or cancer or certain things like that, uh, mental health issues like mm. bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, things of that nature. Mm. Those people are going to need a pill to sleep. That's just mm-hmm. how it works there. Okay. Mm. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just kind of how things happen in medicine for some of those folks. When you've got, you know, rip roaring back pain, we're probably going to have to give you a pill to allow you to not feel that pain any longer to allow you to get into a state of unconsciousness to recover. But mm. generally speaking, People don't need pills to sleep. Um, And a lot of people out there, they run out and they're like, oh my God, I can't sleep. So they go to the local drugstore or they go to the grocery and they say, ah, I'm going to go to the supplement section, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to go natural and I'm going to find some melatonin, some magnesium, some vitamin D, and I'm going to do it all. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be awesome, right? Is that what you're hearing? 
Yep. Oh, I yep. took melatonin for the first time recently. Yeah, I woke up. See? It just kicked I'm in as I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it like that. So first of all, I want to address melatonin just because mm. I think it's an important thing for all of your listeners to hear about. Mm. So here's the thing. Number one, melatonin is a hormone. Most people don't mm. know that. Um, mm. In certain countries, it's by prescription only. Now, I don't know about Australia. Um, it's by but- prescription only here. Okay. So there you have it. So you had to talk to your doctor in order to get it here in the United States. It's like a free for all. You can walk into any CVS, any Walgreens. Oh, yeah. And, and here's the problem. Multiple doses. They have every, anything from a half, one and a half to three to five to 10. So number one, the appropriate dose of melatonin is somewhere between a half and one and a half milligrams for Whoops. an adult period. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay? Period. If you get crazy dreams from melatonin, you're overdosed. No question about oh, it. Wow. How big are you? You don't look very big. You look pretty oh, small. 117 and 5'5, five, five, and I was taking five milligrams. Oh my God. You were taking easily five times. Giving my husband milligrams. 10. <laughs> easily oh taking five times the right. Re- I would never do that in a patient of mine. Ever. Interesting. Number two, most people have plenty of melatonin on board. Melatonin is not a sleep initiator, melatonin is a sleep regulator. So here's what melatonin does. It changes your bedtime in your brain. The easiest analogy that I can use is this. If you could take a pill and make yourself not be hungry during lunch, for example, Mm -hmm. that's what melatonin kind of does for people. But on the sleep side, it creates a sleep episode that you can go into within 90 minutes usually of taking that melatonin. But you may not have something called sleep drive So your body may say, hey, my body is ready for sleep. But if you don't have the drive for sleep, like let's say you try to sleep at 11 o'clock in the morning and you've had a reasonable night's rest, then it isn't going to be too easy. So melatonin is really not the first thing that I would grab in any situation. The other thing is a lot of parents give melatonin to their kids. I'm going to go on record and say this is a really stupid idea. And I'll tell you why. 99% of children have plenty of melatonin on board. That's number one. Number two, it's a hormone. I don't really think putting hormones in young females below the age of 18 makes any sense whatsoever. And here's why. Most people don't know this, but melatonin at large dosages is a contraceptive. Yes. Everybody always looks at me like that. Look it up. Melatonin at large dosages is a contraceptive. All those people that are giving melatonin to their young girls, mm-hmm. no bueno. Who but knows? What about what taking them and can't get system? pregnant? Yeah, what about yeah. not being able to get pregnant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what? Or what about it affects your birth control pills? And guess mm-hmm. what? Now you are pregnant, and that wasn't what you were planning on doing. Okay. Oh my god! Like this isn't stuff to mess around with, guys. Like right. this is a hormone. Like it has major effects within the body. So please be careful when you're taking things like melatonin, don't just pop them into your, into your mouth. Go to my website, go to the sleep doctor, doctors all spelled out.com. Go to my blog, type in melatonin. I've easily written 10,000 words on what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And by the way, there is a brand of melatonin. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if it's available in Australia mm-hmm. called herb atonin. Mm-hmm. The reason I like it is because this is melatonin that is actually created from plants. So it mm-hmm. is 100% vegan, vegetarian, all of the above. We don't have to to worry about anything like that. So it's super duper. I love it. 
Um, I use it with my patients all the time. It's called Herbatonin. I have no, by the way, I have no financial whatever with the company. I just oh, yeah. like those guys. They make good stuff. Um, so, you know, when you're thinking about, hey, I'm not sleeping so well, first thing I always tell people is don't go to bed early. This is the mm. number one mistake that insomniacs make. They say, oh shit, I didn't sleep well last night or the mm. night before. You know what? I'm telling everybody, leave me alone. I'm getting in bed at eight o'clock and I'm mm-hmm. going to catch up on all my sleep. Problem is your body clock isn't ready to go to bed at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. right? It'd be like saying, I'm going to have dinner at four. Mm-hmm. Would you ever have dinner at four? Probably not. No. Right. So Oprah does. The end of the day, what you want to do is you want to actually stay up a little later. You want to increase that sleep deprivation because then you fall asleep more quickly and you stay asleep through the evening. You don't want to go to bed early because then here's what happens. You lie in bed, you stare at the ceiling and you're pissed, right? Mm -hmm. What is going on? This sucks. And then you've created autonomic arousal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there are two systems in the body that, that we need to think about from a central nervous system perspective. One is called the sympathetic other is called the parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. So sympathetic is like active, get ready to go. Parasympathetic is like rest and digest, like chill out, right? When Mm -hmm. you're lying in bed upset, you ain't doing the rest and digest. You're doing Mm -hmm. the I'm upset. And that's not conducive to making you sleep. So Mm -hmm. again, thinking through the ideas of what can I do? Most people, by the way, they don't even think about sleep until maybe 20 or 30 minutes before bed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Say, oh, look, it's, uh, it's 9.30. I guess I should get in bed around 10. What should I do to get myself together? Blah, 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 blah. Not. If you want to be a good sleeper and you want to really understand how to use sleep to leverage it for things like performance, to, be a, to remember more lines, mm-hmm. to you know, be better at athletics, to whatever it is that is your thing to do, you have to actually start thinking about your sleep when you wake up in the morning. Mm. Right. So when you wake up in the morning, don't hit the snooze. The snooze does Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing helpful for you. The average snooze is between seven and nine minutes Mm -hmm. long. And quite frankly, you can't get back into deep sleep. I got people that hit the snooze six or eight times. (laughs) I mean, can you think of anything more stupid? Right. It's like, come on, guys, like who sleeps well? And by the way, their bed partners want to kill them. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't hit the snooze. Wake up at the same time every day, including the weekends. Now, this is a very controversial thing that people talk to me about all the time. Oh, Michael, I got to work during the week, so I'm going to get five and a half to six, but I'm going to catch up on the weekends and life's going to be fantastic, right? Hold mm-hmm. on, my dog's trying to get in here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a dog barking in the other room. I might take your... Take yeah. your wow. I put my kids in the cupboard, so just kidding. <laughs> Tim, can you see my boy? Oh, hi, sweetie. Hi. That's Hugo. Hi, cutie. I bet he sleeps well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the That's best a good bed partner. partner. Bed partner. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you wake up, number one, don't hit the snooze. Number two, wake up at the same time every single day. Now, let me tell you about the study that came out about six months ago that really confirmed this for me. So they took 50 people, so not a small study, and they had them go for six weeks. You got five and a half hours of sleep during the week. You got eight hours on the weekend. So pretty generous, right? kind of very similar to what a lot of people deal with. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. They measured four things, mood, memory, focus, and attention. Okay. Those were the biggies because that's the big things that people want to know about. 
Mm-hmm. Every Monday, they would they would assess them. So they did a baseline. Then they would have five and a half hours during the week, eight hours on the weekend. And then Monday, they would get an assessment. Same thing during the week. And they did this for five weeks in a row. So mm-hmm. long study, lots of data. Mm-hmm. Here's what they discovered. Each week, the decrements got worse and worse and worse. However, when they asked the participants on Monday, how did they feel? They said they felt amazing and had no problems whatsoever. So they would take an attention task and be 30, 40, 50% off. But in their Mm -hmm. brain, they're thinking I'm on the money, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is this bout of sleep gives you this confidence that you think you're not sleep deprived. And in fact, you're very sleep deprived and it's causing all kinds of problems. So if you can just stay, get awake at the same time, every mm-hmm. single day. Now, look, I know it's not so much fun. Okay. And people are mm-hmm. like, come on, I want to stay in and snuggle with my partner. Or I want to read yeah. the paper. I want to watch TV. I don't care. Okay. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you tell it, you tell it like it is. <laughs> don't come to me and tell me you got sleep problems and you want to snuggle with your partner. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's not the best idea. If you want to snuggle with your partner, awesome. Wake up at the right time, go into the den and go snuggle with your partner in the den, right? Like this is not rocket science here. Mm-hmm. This is just about discipline. And then the second part, as I said before, has to do with acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how regimented you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you were in Australia on set, right. And you did everything right. Let's say you called me before you went there and you said, Mm -hmm. Michael, I want you to create a plan for me and I'm going to crush it while I'm there. No problem. Let's say you did every single thing that I wanted you to do. Mm -hmm. You could still have a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Because your brain, right. Mm -hmm. You could get nervous. Something could happen. Who knows what would set off your brain. And I'm not talking about just your brain. I'm talking about anybody's brain. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just picking on you just to be clear. It's okay. Pick on it. (laughs) (laughs) So when we, when we look at that, we have to say to ourselves, okay, listen to me, acceptance. Some Mm -hmm. nights are just going to suck. That's Mm -hmm. just how it is. Okay. And if you can say, you know what? Okay. This is one of those nights that's going to stink. Number one, you lower your anxiety almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And that helps. <laughs> Trust me, because you're not as pissed anymore. Number right. two, find something relaxing to do. Listen to a podcast. More interesting, right? But something that the sleep you know, podcast. <laughs> they actually have them now, believe it or not. Right, right, right. Know. They've got these boring podcasts that you can learn. Go for it. I don't care. Um, do some type of instrumental music. Better to not have lyrics in the music because then you get the song, song mm. stuck in your head. Interesting. And then you're and then you're toast for the rest of the night type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, but again, setting yourself up all day long to have a good night makes a lot of sense. Other things that I tell people: stop caffeine by two p.m. It's I don't drink like caffeine. Saying, yeah, it's yeah. not like I'm saying you can't have coffee, right? There's mm-hmm. lots of sleep doctors who are like, no way. Here's the bottom line. Caffeine has a half-life of between six and eight hours. So if you drink it at two, half is still in your system at 10. The quarter life, which is even more interesting. So a quarter of the substance is still on board 12 hours later. Wow. Mm. So for folks out there Mm -hmm. who say to me, Michael, I've got insomnia. Um, I can't sleep, but I got to have my coffee every morning because that's what gives me my jolt. It's probably not the best idea, Mm. right? Like, Caffeine has no nutritional value whatsoever. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a good idea for insomniacs, but please, please, please be careful. 
do not cold turkey yourself off of caffeine. Right. That two patients end up in the ER when they did that. Wow. One with seizures and mm. one was just puking all over the place. It was a mess. So be careful for the folks out there who are drinking a pot of coffee a day or five, six mm-hmm. cups a day. Mm-hmm. You want to do something called caffeine fading where you slowly fade it out yes. over the course mm-hmm. of the day. Um, that will help you, but do not cold turkey yourself. You will be miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, other things to think about alcohol. Look, there's a really big difference between Roxy likes her one drink. Well, I don't have a problem with one drink. There's one nothing drink, wrong maybe with two, one maybe drink. three, Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Well, let's talk about it. No, yeah, let's you're talk having, about it. Like, let's say you're having wine with dinner. You know, you got a couple glasses in. And then, you know, it's all of a sudden, you know, nine, 10 o'clock and it's time to go to bed and you do feel drowsy, you know, like you do Mm -hmm. feel like sleep is going to come and you lay down. This has happened to me numerous times, having a great sleep at the beginning, but then cut to two or three in the morning and I'm awake. And it's like, I can't go back to sleep. Like, is this with alcohol always or like either? Well, like, like either, because I have such bad, like sleep. Right. I'll, right. I'll bet you that it happens more often with alcohol than not. Mm-hmm. It does happen more often with alcohol. And especially if there's more than like two glasses involved, you know, right. <laughs> so, let's, so let's talk about what the rules really should okay. be. Okay. Okay. So number one, alcohol almost destroys stage three, four sleep, which is your physical restoration. So half the reason you hang up with w- wake up with a hangover mm-hmm. is because of a lack of stage three, four sleep. The other half is from dehydration because once you pee, after you've had a glass of wine, you mm-hmm. dehydrate rapidly, right? Once you break the seal, you're going and going and going. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I tell people is one glass of wine, one glass of water, one hour before bed. Takes the average human approximately an hour to digest one alcoholic beverage. So I'm okay with that. You want to go to two drinks? I'm okay with two drinks, Mm -hmm. two drinks, two glasses of water, wait two hours. You have to stop at two drinks. Mm -hmm. You have to. And here's why. When you have more than two drinks on board, your brain gets buzzed. When your brain gets buzzed, it pops off something called cortisol. Cortisol Mm -hmm. is an activity and an alerting hormone. The reason it does this is because your brain is toxic and it doesn't know why. So it says, holy crap, I need to jack up the cortisol so that this person can be attention and focus because there's alcohol on board now. Now you're an energetic drunk. Mm -hmm. This is not good for going to bed. Mm -hmm. So as a general rule, Stick to two drinks, stop drinking three hours before bed to cover all of your bases. You're good to go. Ah, okay. So this might be my new Saturday night routine then. (laughs) Tamman, should we test it out? We could do it over FaceTime. I don't drink that much. I only drink on Friday. I don't drink caffeine at all because I have, I think my course, you're talking about corsetal. And I was like, I honestly feel like I'm just all corsetal. I feel like my whole, I've been in this business for 20 something years. There's a lot of pressure um, to, to, you know, to perform. It's a lot of performance anxiety. So I feel like I'm just course. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting rid of caffeine. It's the best decision I ever made. Alcohol. I like to have a drink on a Friday or a Saturday, but those are the days I don't drink. I mean, I don't sleep. Um, but I wanted to ask a question before. Hold on, I know back, up. Have, back up. <laughs> yeah, hold up. Back <laughs> up. You don't get away so that easily. <laughs> so you don't drink caffeine. That's great. And on the, no. on the only days that you drink alcohol, you have crappy sleep. Is that the case? I wake up anxious. It's like for some reason, um, not for some reason, I drink? know alcohol. See, I drink like a, a white mm-hmm. wine or something because a red wine gives me migraines. I find the harder liquor, I know it's better for sugar um, and your body doesn't convert it into as much sugar. The issue is 
I just feel more anxious and depressed from any really type of alcohol. And I feel like it's worse with the heavier alcohols, the ones with like the 30% or above. Um, So I have a glass of wine, but it does, I will start to get shaky um, about two hours into my sleep and I'll wake up, my heart will be racing, which means I'm probably, it's the sulfates or um, histamine or whatever's happening. It's not, (laughs) but I love it during the alcohol for the hour or two. I'm a great person. I'm very nice to be around. You're a great person without it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't (laughs) worry about that part. What about, I, I, look, I get it. You want to relax and you want to hang out with friends (laughs) and you want to be social or your partner or whatever. Totally right. understand that. Let me ask you a question. And I don't know if this is legal in Australia or not, but what about cannabis? Weed. I know. Oh, I tried yeah. that. I tried that once and I drove myself to the hospital because I felt like I was stuck between life and death, then bought a pizza and fell asleep. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, what is this drug and why am I on it? Look, I know a lot of people do really well with cannabis and I, I'm just, I want something to relax and feel that heavy relaxation, not sleep Mm. relaxation, but that, you know, when you have a glass of wine for me, my whole limbic system starts to drop and I can breathe and connect. Um, one to two, I would not Mm. go over two, two, two's a, two's a dangerous for me. Yeah. So the experiment I would run is this Friday, one glass and one glass only see how you do. Um, and then move to a half a glass and see how you do at the end of the day, alcohol might not be for you. I'm sorry, know, it but it just might not be and <laughs> like, I know, but I want to feel relaxed and kind of out of my yeah, mind, which like for, for whatever that means, like out of my actual, um, the, the neurons that go from A to B that are going too fast. I need that to calm down and having a, some kind of substance, you know, like alcohol for me does it. So it's just trying to find that substance that does work, you know, so it doesn't work for you. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't. If you have that kind of reaction every single time you drink and you're drinking one to two glasses, you're causing more harm. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. We're going to have sober Tamron again then. But wait, I I don't think you have to be sober. But what I would say is limit it to one glass, like we were Mm. saying before, and see how you do. Make sure that you drink a ton of water and be on a regular sleep schedule. Like Mm -hmm. do all the other things that I'm suggesting, right? So wake up at the same time every single day, stop caffeine by 2 PM or have no caffeine, which is you, right? Mm -hmm. Limit alcohol tremendously for you. Step number four is exercise. The single best way to improve Mm -hmm. sleep quality, Mm -hmm. daily exercise. Good news. Mm -hmm. You don't have to run a marathon. Okay. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about that. 20 minutes of some kind of cardio is pretty much all you really need in order to see some decent sleep effects, right? Mm -hmm. So do yourself a favor. Now be careful. You don't want to do exercise too close to bedtime. Right. Yes. Does sex count? Does sex count? Does sex count? I mean, how much exercise, Roxy, are we really doing during sex? I mean, come on. How how physical are you? Aren't we just laying there? I mean, (laughs) she's like lately. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen my acrobatics? Come on, girl. (laughs) There's lots to talk about here. People ask me these questions all the time. Right. So number one, Mm -hmm. we can talk about let's let me finish up on exercise and then we'll move to sex. okay? Okay. So when we're talking about exercise, the key factor here is our core body temperature will rise, rise, rise until about 1030. Then it'll hit the peak and then it begins to drop. That drop is a signal to our brain to release melatonin. All right. Mm -hmm. We got to have that. That's the key that starts the engine for sleep. You ain't got melatonin. You ain't got sleep. Your body's too hot. You ain't going to bed. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you exercise too close to bedtime and you increase this core body temperature, mm-hmm. you're done. So mm-hmm. you can exercise within four hours of bedtime, generally speaking, if mm-hmm. you can avoid it. Step number five has to do with mornings. Um, and mornings are super straightforward for me. You wake up, you take 15 deep breaths, you drink 15 ounces of water, and you walk outside and you get 15 minutes of sunlight with your shoes off. Mm. Now, I'll tell you all reasons for all three of them. Okay. Mm. Number one, when you breathe in 15 times, you wake up your respiratory system. You become Mm. present. Mm. That's important. That helps you wake up. Number two, drinking the 15 ounces of water. Sleep in and of itself is a dehydrative event. You lose Mm. almost a full liter of water every single night. So drink water, Mm. not coffee. Um, Mm. Step number three, why do I want you to go outside with your shoes off? Number one, when you go outside, sunlight hits your eye and turns off that melatonin faucet in your head. We like it on at night, but we don't like it on in the morning. Sunlight is the easiest way to turn it off and it does it better than caffeine ever will. Why Mm. do I want your shoes off? There's something called grounding Mm -hmm. that has been something that has been interesting. I can be honest with you and tell you, I don't have a whole lot of data on grounding and sleep, but for some reason, when I do this, it feels good. So Mm. I do it. I don't mm-hmm. think it matters one way or another, but it feels good. And my dog's out there with me. So we hang out and I pet him and Friends. I've got my shoes off and I get my 15 <laughs> minutes of sunlight and I get unconditional love from my dog, you know, for 15 minutes. I mean, what's a better way to start your day? I, I love on your life. Can I have your life, please? <laughs> Dude, my life Mine's is great. only yelling and screaming and people mad and throwing cereal and yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yours sounds a lot better. Getting loved by a dog. I mean. Yeah, I do that. I do uh, meditation every morning. I do breath work every morning. Mm. uh, And I have um, a supplement routine every morning. Do you do hot water with lemon in the morning? No, I don't. I just use regular, I do regular uh, room temperature water is my 15 ounces. Mm -hmm. And then I usually have a protein shake right after I finish working out. Oh, okay. So what about okay, let's sex? Let's talk about then? sex. Yes. Favorite subjects over here, count? women yeah. on top. Does this so, count as part of like exercise no. before bed? Okay. Please give me a break. So <laughs> I mean, some people, you and know, does sex and also does sex wake you? Because I heard because you know before this movie that women people were saying like have sex right. before you yeah. you'll go to sleep because I wasn't sleeping. But yeah. I've heard that women when women orgasm it wakes them up, but when men orgasm it slows them down and makes them go to sleep. That's what I heard. That's correct. So we don't know exactly why. I have a theory. My theory is oxytocin, which is the love hormone. Mm -hmm. um, When that is mixed with estrogen, it's alerting. When that is mixed with testosterone, I think it's the other, the opposite. And so that's part of the reason why I think guys get tired after they orgasm is because of that, you know, oxytocin, testosterone kind of mixture that's going Mm -hmm. on. Now, what's the best time to have sex is a question that I get asked all the time because of my book, The Power of When, one of the first chapters in it is the best time for sex. So let's talk about it real briefly. So at the end of the day, here's what we know is you need four hormones or five hormones to be high in order to have successful sex. You need estrogen, mm. testosterone, progesterone, adrenaline, and cortisol all need to be high. You need melatonin, love. Makes sense, right? Mm. All those are mm. alerting hormones. That's the sleep hormone. 74% of people have sex between 1030 and 1130 at night. We did a survey. Mm. What do you think their hormone profile looks like? Melatonin is kicked in. That's right. Exactly. It's the opposite. So that's hint number one. Hint number two, if if you are somebody who has sex with a male partner, Mm -hmm. what do most male partners wake up with in the morning? 
Woody. An erection. An erection. No women, that do is not really mother morning nature? sex? I don't want morning sex. If oh. that is not mother nature telling you when to do this, I don't know what is. <laughs> but women are, a lot of women, women are not don't ready My body morning. is not even open. Yeah, no. Like literally, it's like dead down there. It's yes. like I can't even, it's yes. like a sledge. I can't, there's no feelings, nothing. After mm-hmm. exercise, oh my God, best sex I've ever had. Yeah, it is um, like, it's a buildup like throughout the day. Like you want to have little moments with your partner. This is our mental state. Yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> she wants it's to be wine to dine. Yes, I want to be wine to dine. I need like you know that kind When's of. When's the last time either one of you tried it in the morning? I just I many times, um, but it's really hard for me to orgasm in the morning. Like it's actually yeah, almost frustrating. Um, well, then after I exercise, like ten thirty, if I went for a run at ten thirty mm-hmm. and had sex at eleven. Great sex. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You gotta be woken up a little bit. You gotta wake up. It feels like. Like you're so still- here's what I can tell you: is we've sold a hundred thousand copies of the book, and you're the first two women who have ever complained about sex in the morning. The first two. Oh my god, that's so interesting. Tim and I are both the same about that. We both are like yeah. in the morning. Almost every not- single woman that I talk to is like, "I'm tired at night. I'd much rather have sex in the morning." Isn't that funny? My husband falls asleep before me. So it's not like we're having late night sex, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that that's probably the reason why I don't think about night sex because we're all passed out with two small mm-hmm. children. Um, but I feel like in the morning, it's like there's actually no blood flow at all. I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like, and I feel like women so that we talk to, Roxy, physiologically, you are more likely to oh. have better sex in in the morning than you would ever have in the evenings based solely on your physiology and your body's wow, ability to recuperate is... throughout the evening to wake up in the morning refreshed, depending upon how good of a quality sleep you get. One of the things mm-hmm. that could be going on for either one of you is if you're not getting good quality sleep, of course, you don't want to have sex in the morning. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. Right. Yeah, Cause you still feel, I mean, even like when it's happened that way, I still feel mm-hmm. like half asleep when it's going on. Like I'm not even like Totally away. Right. Yeah. You know well, well, to be clear, I mean, I think there's, there are methods to do it. I mean, I can't say I've ever gotten this detailed, but yeah. I mean, I would, number one, everybody's probably got to brush their teeth. So start there. Right. Um, and you'd be surprised if you splash a little cold water on your face, that if you're alert in the morning, once again, you might be surprised at how good it is now for you, Tim, I, I think there's obviously something having to do with your physicality that has something to do with that. What kind of exercise do you do, if you don't mind me asking? I do it. um, I exercise in accordance to my uh, menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. So um, in the first half of my menstrual cycle, I do HIIT exercises and cardio, high cardio intensity. And then in the second half, I do Pilates and yoga. Um, And I will say that my orgasms are so vastly different. Like they can be almost nothing to... I can't think for three hours afterwards because they were so intense. So obviously my body um, <laughs> prefers certain hormones or whatever's going on at, right. on, at that day or that time period, but I try to exercise in accordance to my, my cycle. So what, uh, what the only thing that I can think of is that during your exercise, you're causing a good bit of friction mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. friction is basically priming you. Um, while you're exercising. So friction, rubbing, what have, what have you that's going on while you're actually physically moving around is basically activating your sensitivities um, maybe over the course of time. That would be a guess. I'm not a sexpert. 
I'm not a sexologist. <laughs> well, you have become one today. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> Wait, I have one question because I really want to ask this. My husband is a terrible sleeper, like terrible. He's never slept through the night. He's 45 years old and he's never actually slept through the night. I've, we don't sleep in the same bed because he wakes up so, um, so constantly and consistently throughout the night. He'll wake up probably every hour and I Why? will hear him wake himself up. So he'll go into this, like, it's not really snoring. It's kind of like a, a, a breathing sound. Apnea. And then he'll wake oh, himself yeah. up he has sleep every hour. Apnea. Sleep apnea. So why hasn't he gotten this fixed? <laughs> so what are those people supposed to do like that? Because my husband also snores so much at night and it wakes me <laughs> up and I have like terrible get him tested. Sleep. This isn't rocket science. There, there are testing labs in every major hospital in the world at this point. There are sleep laboratories everywhere. Like this is not something that people have to go for years and years about. And by the way, your husband is hurting himself by not getting himself tested. If he is waking up so much that it's disruptive to you and you have to sleep in another room, the likelihood is, is he's putting an excessive strain on his heart. So I don't know if he has any cardiology background or any uh, cardiology history in his family, but I yes. will tell you right now, if you have undiagnosed sleep apnea and you have mm -hmm. a cardiac history, you are a time bomb. Well, you wow. could have saved someone's life. Well, yeah, probably did on this now. podcast. So yeah. thank you for that. Because, you know, I think sure. men um, find it hard to ask for help um, or All find it hard to accept that there might be something that's not right. But um, yeah, I, he's never slept through the night. Not since, we've been together 15 years. I mean, he, he's got to be at the point where he would like to sleep through the night and he would mm -hmm. like to have, you know, that ability to, to, you know, have the opportunity to do that. And so the way I would pose it to him is say, number one, you're getting a sleep test. I don't know if you like it or you don't like it, but you're getting a sleep test. Now they actually have them at home, um, at least here in the US. Again, I apologize for not knowing what's going on um, in Australia, but we have uh, devices that they can ship to your house. You mm -hmm. put it on, you wear it all night and you ship it back and they'll tell you right there if you've got it. And then they can help you with treatments as well. So this is, again, this is not, it used to be, you had to go to the hospital, you had to check in, you had mm -hmm. to stay all night, you had to put 27 electrodes on, you had to sleep there all night, you had to come back. Like it was a huge hassle before. It's not that way anymore. And people can get tested quickly and effectively mm -hmm. and they'll be much happier, I can assure you. Mm -hmm. So just so people know exactly like what sleep apnea is, can you just- Oh, right, sorry. So sleep apnea is a situation where you stop breathing in your night. So um, Tam was explaining it. She was like, he snores and then all of a sudden he goes, that's it, mm -hmm. right? And if you hear it one time in your bed partner, you've probably missed it 50. So it's, it's not easy to hear, but it's mm -hmm. probably going on. And if you hear somebody choking in their sleep, that is not normal. Is it dangerous? Yes. Or do you wake yourself up? So, you know, people can you die from sleep apnea? Oh, wow. And what are the treatments yeah. for sleep apnea? What, how can they be treated? Or, so know, there's lots of treatments for it. There are mouth guards. There are something called the CPAP machine. There are surgical interventions. There's a whole host of things. There's literally hundreds of, of research papers in medicine that are about sleep apnea. I mean, if people go to my website, um, I wrote a great article, how to know when you need a sleep test. Mm -hmm. I recommend mm -hmm. that. Um, go there, look at it. It'll tell you the different symptoms of the different things. And it'll teach you how to call somebody up and ask them for a sleep test. But just to be clear, when you stop breathing in your sleep, your heart rate slows down in order to conserve the oxygen in the system. Then your brain says, oh crap, there's no air. So your heart rate speeds up to wake you up. So it slows down, speeds up, slows down, speeds up all night long. This puts an extra load on, your, on a particular part of your heart mm -hmm. and makes that muscle grow. 
Generally speaking, we like it when muscles grow, not in the heart and not when they grow irregularly. So what ends up happening is one side of the heart becomes stronger because of this up and down, mm -hmm. and then you get an irregular heartbeat. Now you have a much bigger problem on your hands because your heart is now developed muscle and is now beating irregularly. You will end up with something called hypertension, which is mm -hmm. high blood pressure. Sometimes, especially with people with undiagnosed sleep apnea, they have something called refractory hypertension. This is hypertension that does not respond to medication and people just walk around with high blood pressure all the time. Very uncomfortable, not good. Over the course of time, this will turn into something called atrial fibrillation. Mm. Once you have AFib, you are in a world of hurt. Um, that is a cardiologist. You are, you are now with a cardiologist, likely for the rest of your life. Um, and you are dealing with cardiac issues, all from the fact that people don't want to get a test done to see why they're snoring and stopping breathing in their sleep. So when we look at this, also, by the way, if you have a lung disorder like sarcoidosis, COPD, uh, COVID, guess what? This makes it worse. So yeah, he had COVID really badly in January, like severe COVID. And just thinking about a ticking time bomb, you know. Yeah inflammation. So 100%. thank you. I will 100%. be he needs getting to that get sleep this test. <laughs> ASAP. And look, at the end of the day, this is, he's not the only person out there. Okay. Right. And this is a great message for all of your listeners, because mm -hmm. a lot of listeners are concerned about themselves or their partners, mm -hmm. right? Or their parents or their grandparents. Right. And so all of the things that we've been talking about today, which has been a fun conversation for sure. Um, definitely you. enjoyed uh, talking <laughs> to you. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is real. This is yeah. serious stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Sleep's a big friggin' deal, especially right now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You need your sleep. You need your sleep for your immune function. You need your sleep for your cognitive function. You need your sleep for your physical function. Everything you do, you do better with a good night's sleep. Everything. Mm. And if, it, and if your partner is snoring, snoring, just to be clear, snoring doesn't automatically mean sleep apnea. That's correct. Correct. So, okay. So snoring is a mild form of breathing disruption, but okay. may or may not be diagnostic. Now, we do know that there's some people that are what we call heroic snorers. So, I mean, shaking the walls, but don't have sleep <laughs> apnea, but it's rare. Okay. I would say that 90% of people with sleep apnea snore, but only 40% of people snore have sleep apnea. So it's a two-way street, but it's not always even. So mm. here's what your bed partner who snores is going to tell you. Oh, I just snore. I, I've never woken up choking or gasping. I don't have anything to worry about. Mm -hmm. They're wrong. You should get the test. And at the very least, get an oxygen test. You can do an overnight pulse oximetry, which is just something that sits on your finger very easy. Your mm. doctor can send it home for you and you can measure your oxygen levels. Cause guess what? When you stop breathing, your oxygen levels drop. And so then there, it's kind of like a screener. It's not mm. the best, but it's like a screener. Mm, okay. Thank you so much. Yes. Sure. I feel like this information is life-changing for so many people. I get thousands of DMs daily about sleep because I'm very open and honest about the fact that I've been struggling lately. And I just didn't realize how many people are severely affected by sleep deprivation and they're at a loss. Like they don't know what's going on with their bodies. They're, you know, saying, you know, going towards sleeping pills, thinking that's the only answer right. um, and not 
sometimes having the resources to figure out what the issue is. So I'm hoping that this information will get to a lot of our listeners and they'll be able to um, fix their sleep journey if it's if it's a negative one. So thank you so much. We so appreciate you. And where can we find you and where can people keep listening? Sure. Absolutely. So people can find me on on all the social media at The Sleep Doctor. Doctor's all spelled out. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever social media you want. Um, or come to my website, <laughs> thesleepdoctor.com. Um, we've got a tremendous amount of information there. And I have a new book coming out. Yes. Energize. Energize. Wow. Go from dragging ass to kicking it in 30 days. <laughs> I love that. And when will that be coming out? When will that be coming out? Uh, December. It's coming out in December. Okay. So we're super excited about it. People can pre-order it now. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's cool about it is I take a sleep program and a movement program and intermittent fasting, and I can show you how to have energy all day long, no caffeine, totally chill, very relaxed energy. You'll, you'll really be surprised. I think you, you guys would get a kick out of it for sure. And you get amazing sleep, I'm sure with this program. Correct. You do. Uh, if you accept it, Roxy, you have to accept have to it. Accept Sometimes it. you cannot sleep uh, and you must be able to accept the fact that you will be awake for the next 12 hours. So I shouldn't be texting you when we're laying there awake saying, Tam, and am I, I going to die? Doctor. I can't help. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do yeah, it. Whatever you do, just don't text me. <laughs> you <Great>. never know <laughs> thanks <laughs> well thank you guys so much for listening we love you so much and you can find us on women on top official on instagram and women on top podcast on facebook and we have a group on clubhouse women on top and please don't forget to rate subscribe and comment on all the podcast apps so we can keep bringing you amazing guests like yes and tell us who you want to hear next yes um fill us in we are the we are the information portals yes (laughs) with with some with a little bit of spunk and pizzazz so yeah exactly (laughs) but thanks so much guys and i am tamin sursok and i thank you and i am roxy manning and we are (gasps) women Women on on top At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 